Thank you, Pastor. It's a blessing to be here. Amen. <clears throat> uh, truly a delight to have Christmas in July. Um, I have been to a couple of these in uh, different places, and uh, I have really enjoyed them because, like they said earlier, um, oftentimes we don't get to sing the Christmas carols. And my, there's so much blessing in being able to sing joy to the world. The Lord has come, amen. <laughs> and I really am glad that this worked out for me to be here and uh, to have this time with you. Uh, and thank you for all the, the work. I, I know it took a lot of work to put this together tonight. And I'm very grateful that I had a little part in being here. If you'll take your Bibles, turn with me first of all to Psalm 51. Psalm 51. <clears throat> I appreciate the ongoing prayer. Uh, we just had some fine meetings at Sunshine Baptist Church where we had a couple of people trust the Lord. And uh, it was just a, just a great blessing. A young man this morning uh, came and said, I'm not saved and I dearly want to be. So that was a joy and a blessing. And uh, we'll pray and see what the Lord will do here tonight. You know, not everybody here uh, maybe claims Jesus as their Savior. There could be Someone here tonight who just saw the advertisement or saw someone give you an invitation to come and celebrate Christmas. And uh, certainly the Lord Jesus said in the New Testament that he came to save, to seek, and to save. And that's his words. Why? Because man needs to be saved. Um, all men, and uh, we all are sinking down in uh, life's uh, turbulent sea into a place of miry clay. He comes to pick us up and rescue us, but he never forces his way. He invites and he sends his spirit to cause us to consider him and to have an opportunity to pray and just ask the Lord to be our Savior. And he's such a wonderful Savior. And we are so pleased, if you're here tonight looking for the truth, you will find it. Because God is bound by his word to meet the seeker and to save them as they repent toward God and believe by faith in Jesus Christ for what he's done. All right, you found your place in Psalm 51, just one verse. In verse number 12, the psalmist says, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Let's pray just for a moment, Father. Thank you now for the joy of being here and the blessings, O oh God, of just uh, hearing the wonderful carols and the Christmas music reminding us of your great love wherewith you have loved us and sent your only begotten Son 
to come into this world to live a sinless life, to be uh, tested in all points as we yet without sin, and making a perfect sacrifice for all of us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your willingness to step out of heaven's glories, to humble yourself, to be born as a human being, 100% God in the flesh, 100% human to experience all of the things that would uh, cause uh, you to empathize and have compassion upon us to the point where you would go to an old rugged cross, having done no wrong, only good, healing all manner of diseases, helping people at every turn. You came unto your own, your own received you not, but to as many as do receive you, to them you grant eternal life. Thank you so much for your sacrifice, for the fact of your resurrection, and that you're coming a second time to take us to be with you forever and ever. Now, Lord, in these few minutes, uh, would you take all that's been done so far and use it as a love grip on our hearts, that you would use it as an illuminating torch to our minds, that we might see ourselves truly as you see us and we could respond to your loving call, and we'll thank you now in Christ's name. Amen. David, of course, uh, came to a place in his life where he felt like he'd lost joy. And uh, he's seeking it here. He's saying, I want that joy to come back. Now, we know that Nehemiah and others uh, throughout the Bible Talk about joy. When we started out tonight by singing joy to the world, I thought, yes, joy to the world, but my joy to Glen Weeks. Because salvation came, and uh, salvation was born in the manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. You see, God is salvation. Christ is salvation. And uh, we don't save ourselves. There's no way, there's no merit, there's no work, there's no anything that we can do to merit salvation. We must simply come to the place of seeing and believing that Jesus Christ bore it all. And God even gave him the preeminence in that. That he would become sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. It's staggering to the human mind. To consider all the sin of the whole world was not just laid on the Savior, but he literally became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. What an amazing, amazing truth. So David comes here, and this is a psalm which discusses his, uh, his condition, and we don't want to go through the psalm because I've got some other things I don't want to say. But he simply says, I... Just desire for that, that joy that came to my soul the moment that I just told the Lord in all honesty and humility, I'm a lost sinner and I want to trust the Lord Jesus. And joy flooded his soul. Peace like a river 
attended his way. And uh, when we think of the joy that came into our hearts and the joy we'd like to see come into the hearts of others who have yet to trust Christ, what a motivating factor. A motivating factor to walk in accordance with God's word. For Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is my... Okay, you're with me. The your strength, if you strength. And the joy of the Lord can be your strength if you will seek his face and favor in your life and walk according to his commands and, and be obedient to his callings. The joy of the Lord, great motivation, but also a great keeping power in our lives. I love the joy of the Lord. I don't like the joy that the world gives. It's temporal. It, it, at best, it's only seasonal. The joy that the Lord gives uh, oftentimes is uh, uh, overlooked because uh, we are attracted by the world and the so-called joyous things that are going on out there. You know, I think about going to uh, an expo or a, a fair and you see the the Ferris wheel, and, and you see the lights, and you see the different rides, and uh, it scares me to death to even think I used to even consider it. Uh, today, I stay as far away from those things as I can. But, you know, you see children. They get excited about these things. I saw a child the other day uh, coming in at the airport and uh, at the get off the plane, and I looked, and here's a little family over here, and they were uh, just excited, and this little guy, he was just, you know, he was just all tensed up and excited and, and saying, pulling, mommy, 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 and pointing and pointing, and dad was coming home on that plane. And this little fella, as soon as he could, man, he, he let dad scoop him up in his arms, and he wrapped his arms around. I thought dad was going to die right there. This little guy had such a squeeze on that man, his face getting red, his ears were all popping out and eyeballs, and, and he was loving every minute of it. He must have been away for a while. He must have been uh, out working somewhere or whatever the case might be, but this little child was so excited, and he had joy that dad was coming home. And then I watched. It wasn't too terribly long that, you know, he got down and they were walking around waiting for the luggage to come in the rack and he got intrigued with the luggage. <laughs> Forgot about dad. <laughs> he was intrigued with all these bags going by and every once in a while dad would have to reach over to try to keep him from getting his fingers caught in there, you know. But it's a temporal joy. Why? Because we're temporal beings and so the human kind can only give a, a temporal joy and experience a temporal joy. But when we come to the spiritual kind, oh my, we've been called into a royal army, the army of the Lord. As good soldiers, we're to endure hardness. And sometimes when hardness comes, we've got one and one thing only to help us. The joy of knowing Jesus as our Savior. The joy of knowing that he's promised 
never to leave us nor forsake us. The joy of knowing that no matter if the whole world blows up and, and falls down and goes all apart and our lives are crumbling and loved ones are passing and all of these things, the joy of the Lord will sustain us because he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. God bless you. Amen. The joy of the Lord. And David certainly wanted it. Isaiah said this, my servants sing for joy of heart. Joy of heart. Now, I, I know that our minds and our intellects and our emotions, uh, they can all be affected by different events and different things that come. And uh, nothing wrong as long as it's coming from a godly source, a good source, or a right source. And uh, those are things which are good. But this is different. My servants. Get it? My servants. They sing for joy of heart. Isaiah 65 and 14. Now, we have to contemplate that for a moment. There's joy for servants. Therefore, there's joy in serving Jesus. Oh, there's joy in serving Jesus. And we sing that song from time to time. And, oh, what a blessing it is to uh, be able to uh, just say, uh, Lord, I'll go. You want somebody to go and, and, and serve up the gospel message to uh, the, the tribes in Indonesia or uh, up in uh, New Guinea or, or, some, or just want me to go to a great city on the earth and, and, and set up camp there and, and deliver the message of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? I'll go. Lord, it's a joyous thing to talk about Jesus. It's a joyous thing to uh, revel in the fact that we have the eternal truth of God and it set us free and it can set those that are in bondage free. We can do that. What a joyous thing to walk up to an old friend. Maybe you went to school with them or whatever and you've had a bit of a reunion and uh, you look at each other in the eye and say, how's it going? And he says, well, you know, it's been a struggle. And you can say, listen, you can have the joy of the Lord if you get saved. It happened to us. We, we're living proof that the joy of the Lord causes us to sing from our hearts. There's a difference, isn't it? You ever hear somebody sing out of professionalism? I have. No, I'm, I'm all for good presentation. Please don't take me wrong here. But if that person doesn't sing from here, not that muscle that pumps our life-giving blood through our veins, but from the core of our being where our soul is resident, where our spirit has been enlivened, where our sins are no longer do dominating, where freedom lives and liberty in Christ Jesus. And they, they sing and sometimes they break down and, and they start uh, showing some emotion that they never intended, but they're singing and all of a sudden they're in rapture in the, in the, in the face of Almighty God. And they say, I'll sing forever for the Lord Jesus. Singing from the heart. 
I'd so much rather hear someone just humbly sing from the heart and give it some passion and some, uh, some love of Christ within that than to have some professional giving me something that's only intellectually learned. Oh, let me learn the experience of the Savior. Let me have this come forth from uh, my singing and my preaching and, and my witnessing and all. Listen, you can sing in the shower like I do. Now, I was given instructions where I'm staying to keep it quiet. There are neighbors. And I'm sorry, I've already broken the rule. I took a shower this afternoon and... Uh, they didn't just hear the water tinkling down my back, but they, praise God from whom all blessings flow. You know, you kind of get into, into the praising God, you know. You just kind of get into it and you can't help it. And, and, uh, and somebody, you know, the other day we were in Gympie and we had a, a large hall the first night and we had some visitors come, and we, the, the acoustics were just tremendous in that hall. And we had uh, Brother Graham Jackson's girls over there playing, and their, you know, the excellent music and all of that, and it was thrilling. But on Tuesday night, we got kicked out of that hall and had to go to the games room. There's a pool table in the games room. And so I took the pulpit and set it right up on the edge. I said, we're not going to play pool tonight, but I'm going to. Talk about the Lord Jesus. And people were singing again. And there was a, uh, indoor bowls in the other room where we were. And we got to singing. And I sat down there in the front. And uh, uh, Brother Benham was leading the singing. And uh, we were just having a great time. And all of a sudden, kawam, the door got slammed shut. They didn't want to hear it. What a witness. <laughs> Sometimes they... Uh, they let us know they don't like our singing. And that could be. Maybe we're all out of tune and it was terrible on the ears or whatever. You know, sometimes it's a, a bit of a problem. Uh, then we were, we were in Miriam Vale, CWA Hall. And it's right on the road. There's a, there's a, uh, uh, there's a, a bunch of uh, play equipment for children and all that. Then the CWA Hall and uh, toilet block, etc. And we got there and uh, we opened up the, the windows right on the highway. And, man, we put about 50 people in there from uh, up in Tanton Sands and from uh, Miriamville and uh, around the traces. Some came up from Bundy. Anyway, we got to singing in that place. And about the time we got done singing, all the dogs in town were just barking up a storm. And I said, well, if the dogs are disturbed, maybe we've reached somebody else as well. Amen. Boy, I like joyful singing, don't you? I like singing that comes from the heart. And Isaiah says here, uh, the word, or, or the, my servant sing for joy of heart. And uh, beloved, mark it down. God wants you to sing as a servant unto him from the joy of your heart. Joy of your heart. Jeremiah says, the word was the joy of my heart. Thy word. Um. One of the things that I've noticed over these 42 years of preaching up and down the length and breadth of Australia and a few other places is that um, the Bible seems to have lost its 
um, sacred hold on our life. And part of it, I'm sure, is a spiritual thing, but I think part of it is because now we just have this extra appendage and we can go, oh, okay. Twing. Oh, that's a bill I need to pay as well. While the preacher's preaching, we pay bills. Uh, we text across the way. You know, oh, he, he missed a word. <laughs> See, he's, he's not all he's cracked up to be, you know. And it's texting going on. And, and meanwhile, uh, let's direct our attention to the Bible. And oh, well, I've got about six translations here. He's using one that, you know, I don't particularly care for, so I'll just hit the other. And uh, pretty soon we haven't heard a word. Sorry, but it's the truth. I love this old book. This old book has a special place every single night of my life. Why? Because as much as I travel and as many different beds that I sleep in and accommodations that I have, this is the last thing I look at at night and I know exactly where it is. And it doesn't run out of juice in the middle of the night and go beep, beep, beep. It's full of God's power. So hang on to your Bibles. What's going to happen if they drop a bomb on us on one of those electromagnetic jobs and all you got is your little appendage? Not me. I'm going to have the good old book and I'm going to be able to put my nose in it and say, Dear God, I am full of joy because you gave us the word and the word was with God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. I don't want to go too far down that road. You may throw me out. The word was the joy of my heart. Acts chapter 8 and verse 8 says, great joy was in that city. You know, that's when Philip went down to the city of Samaria. And what did he do? He, he, he reached the people that Jesus had sown seed into their life with the woman at the well. And at his word, there was great joy as a result. Word of God give you great joy? I hope so. The word of God is so vital for us. It's life-giving. Acts chapter 20 and verse 24. Paul said, I finish my course with joy. Now, let's consider this just for a minute. Uh, I'm getting hungry. But um, for, for a minute or two, how could this man say, I finished my course with joy when he's uh, been ridiculed, he's been uh, uh, persecuted, he's been humbled to be let down over a wall in a basket, uh, he's been chased out of town, he's been dragged out of town, he has been stoned by people to try to kill him and they thought he was dead and uh, he uh, had that uh, wonderful uh, comeback. If there was ever a comeback, that it ought to be joyful as the Apostle Paul jumps up off the road after being stoned by these people who rejected him, and he goes back into town and says, I'm here. Why? Because the joy of the Lord was his strength. He had a message to give, and the power of God was resident within him, and he said, I'm not going to be deterred. I'm going to march on until Jesus says it's time to come home. The joy that he had, though he had a thorn in the flesh, 
Thrice he asked the Lord for relief. The Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. You just march on and rejoice in the Lord, he said in Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. If God did nothing else but save our wretched souls and rescued us from an eternity in hell fire, if God did nothing other than that, we should be able to rejoice and again, I say rejoice, not just today, not just tonight, but throughout every day of our lives, right into the fact when we step on heavenly shore, we ought to be rejoicing and saying, praise God, he's my Savior and Lord. But God does so much more than that. God goes far and away beyond just saving our eternal souls. He makes our enemies even to be at peace with us. At the whisper of prayer, we can say, oh, God, my body hurts and I need some relief. And he can send it. And most times he does. We can have all kinds of reversals. We can be set back in our way of life. But I've seen people that had nothing more than just a crust of bread bow their head and say, we rejoice in thee, O God, just for this crust. And it came from their heart. I've seen people with limbs missing from brutal war and different things that have taken place. And they say, Brother Weeks, it's all good. I got saved and I'm on my way to a new body because the Lord Jesus is going to make me just like him one day. They're rejoicing. Sometimes we're pretty pathetic in our rejoicing, and the Christmas carols trying to encourage us to rejoice. 1 Peter 1.8, he put it this way. It's just joy, unspeakable and full of glory. You know, unspeakable, it simply means you can't put a definition around this supernatural enjoyment that you have when you lay your head on the pillow at night and say, all is well because I've confessed all my sin, I've got everything under the blood, and I can sleep like a peaceful baby in a little swing. Joy unspeakable, indescribable, without definition, without uh, any kind of you know, explanation. It's just coming from within like a fountain bubbling up within us. There is no place found that hasn't got joy in a person who's right with God. Joy of the Lord. Don't lose it if you got it. Don't trade it away like the birthright for a mess of pottage. Don't sell the Lord short. He wants to give you joy. We looked at the matter of peace this morning. The whole world's looking for peace. Peace with God because we're at enmity with God and our life is tumultuous and all kinds of unsettledness. We need not only the joy with, or, or the peace with God through uh, letting Christ redeem us and uh, taking his blood and washing us clean and making us acceptable into 
our Heavenly Father. But we also need the peace of God in our daily walk, just to, just to wake up in the morning and sing, isn't this a beautiful day? The Lord is with me. He's watched over me through the night, and he's with me. The joy of knowing that he's in control of my life, and there's not a demon, there's not a devil, there's not a decision, there's not anything that can go contrary to me if I'll just trust him to take care of it all. joy of the Lord. Do you have it tonight? Do you have it tonight? Has there been a time and a place in your life when maybe you were just desperate and you'd heard about this Savior that came as a babe born in a manger. Maybe it never connected with your mind in such a way that it was just more than a Christmas story. But it is, isn't it? It's a fact. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, Paul said, of whom I am chief. Came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came. He grew. He was sinless. Perfect sacrifice substitutionary sacrifice for all of us and especially them that believe. 1 Timothy 4.10 Now there's a lot of events that we celebrate in life that we can remember. I remember when my wife said I do. <laughs> Oh, my. That's a pretty good memory. That was 49 years ago. And uh, I looked into her little eyes, and I said, I do. I remember when um, Victoria came along. I was an idiot. That's how I remember it so well. You know, I thought I was having all the agony, you know, waiting. She was a slow comer. She was about a month late. That's agony. When are you going to have this baby? You know, I'm, I, I've got work and I've got, I keep taking time off and come home and you're, you're just getting bigger for some reason. Why, why, why not have this baby on time, you know? Come on. I admit, I was an idiot. And so finally one night... It was about 2 a.m. She uh, gives me a shot in the ribs. I thought I was having the baby, you know. <laughs> I mean, she didn't, she didn't hold back. She gave me a shot. She said, I told you to wake up five minutes ago. I said, I didn't hear you. She said, I know you didn't, so I had to hit you. I thought about Peter down in jail. The angel had to give him one, you know. Well, my wife gave me I said, what's wrong? What's happening? She said, just what do you think is happening? I said, well, really? <laughs> my eyes got about that big. and I said, come on. And I jumped out of bed in my pajamas and said, let's go. She said, Glenn, will you just get dressed? I'm not going down to the hospital in your pajamas. Come on. But I remember, just like it was yesterday, 
when Victoria came to us. And uh, then I remember I was down in uh, Campbelltown in the motel room one night, and a preacher came knocking on the door, and he said, 2 o'clock in the morning, there was nobody in the, you know, in the office, so he had to come on over there. He's knocking on the door, and he said, hey, Grandpa. He said, hey, mate, you're knocking on the wrong door. You're disturbing me. I'm no grandpa in here. He said, oh, yeah, here he is. I said, no, there's no granddaddy in here. What are you talking about? Who are you anyway? He disguised his voice. I don't know what he did. I said, I'm trying to sleep. Give me a break. Grandpa, he kept it up. And finally, it dawned on me that Victoria was delivering Kayla, who's now 21 years of age. And I said, boy, I'll remember that for a while. This pastor thought he was being funny, and I was trying to sleep. <laughs> There's lots of events we remember. I remember when my older brother passed. I remember 9-11. I don't have any problem remembering right where I was, what I was doing when my older brother passed away and it was too short a time in life. He was only 63. And we were just getting to the place where we were having some good times together. I mean, we fought like cats and dogs all the way through, but we were to the place where we both agreed about Jesus. It made all the difference, you know. And we were having some good time. He'd, come, he'd drive all the way five hours into Canada just to hear me preach. I said, that's, that's a miracle. Why, why my own brother would want to come hear me preach? I don't know right where I was. I know right where I was at 9-11. I was in a church in Canada, and the, the, the whole world was coming undone. I mean, the university students in Halifax were running out of Dalhousie University crying, the world's ending, the world's coming to an end. We remember great events or many things in our lives. Should I not then remember most of all the greatest thing that's ever happened to me? And when or where it took place? So why do some people say, oh, I, I, uh, I think I am. I am. Uh, I must be because I go to church. Um, I mean, uh, I give. I, it, it, and can it be that I can't remember? Can it be that it slipped my mind? Can it be that I'm a pretender? The greatest event of your life will be when Jesus takes you to himself and says, you're my son, my daughter. You're now mine. We should remember because 
if there's no memory of it, if there's no recollection of the great transaction, then somehow this Bible must be wrong. And I just choose to believe the Bible's right. And I'm so thankful that we can know that we have eternal life. Not hope so, think so, or guess so. He said that ye may know that ye have eternal life. Let me just finish up here with a little invitation. I don't, uh, I don't believe it would be wrong at Christmas time for somebody to accept the Savior. Do you? I think it's a wonderful time to get saved. <laughs> But also, I think if we're having Christmas in July, it would be a great time to get saved as well. You know why? Because it's a great time to get saved any time. For today is the day of salvation, now is the accepted time. And just maybe, you've thought it through. Do I have that joy unspeakable and full of glory? Do I sing because of the joy of my heart as a servant of God? Do I have a joyous life? A joyous life? Or am I just just embattled all the time without ever being able to get in a shower and sing to the glory of God from the depths of my being? Is it so bad or is it so good to know that you're saved and you're on your way to heaven, that your sins are forgiven and you've made the great transaction? Do you have that joy? And then, Christian friend, let me just admonish you. Um, Paul said in Philippians, rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. Don't stop. Even as Jesus said, men ought always to pray. Well, I think Christians ought to be joyful people. Although everything can fall apart, but you can still know that you have joy in your heart. You still know the peace of God which passes all understanding. You can still experience a life on top rather than always underneath. Joy. Joy. Oftentimes described as an acrostic. Jesus first and foremost. Others next. Yourself last. Real joy is serving Jesus. Real joy is helping others to believe and to be saved. Let's bow our heads just for a moment. Heavenly Father, thank you for this good, wonderful time together tonight. Thank you that we can have joy unspeakable only because of our blessed Savior only because of your great love wherewith you have loved us and redeemed us and all of the worry and the dread of the past is now ceased. And Lord, we can march on singing within our lives and within our homes and within our church from a pure heart of belief. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed just for a moment. Are you honest with yourself? Honest with God? Do you have the joy? 
or are you yet to get it? Maybe you'd say, Glenn, I'm not sure I'm saved. I thought about it while you were talking about it, and I can't honestly say that I can recall a time nor a place, and it's troubled me. It really has troubled me, and I'd like to trust Christ tonight and make certain that I'm on my way to heaven and that I'm forgiven. If that be the case, would you raise your hand up high and I'll see it. All right, God bless you. Is there someone else? I'm not sure. I'd like to be sure. I'd like to know for sure. Thank you there. You may put it down. Is there anyone else? Yes, over here. God bless you. Yes, and God bless you. I want to be, I want to know the Lord Jesus. I want him to come into my life. He's the author of all joy. Lasting joy, eternal joy. And I want that. Is there anyone else? Man, woman, boy, or girl? Slip it up and hold it there. All right, there's several. Here's what we're going to do. In a moment, we're going to sing that old favorite, Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. And it wouldn't be possible for his blood to be shed unless he came and was born. And I'm going to have pastor down here at the front welcome you to come to Jesus tonight. If you need to have a parent or if you need to have someone else come with you, please. Just say, go, I, I want to go and get that gift. That wonderful gift of salvation that only God himself can give. That wonderful gift that he promised to all who would believe eternal life. Just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Let's stand.